What's happening, everybody? On today's show, Nick Saban talks about his decision to abruptly retire and hints at what could be next. The latest news in the Alabama coaching search with a decision coming really soon. And our buddy Zach Blackery gives us a perspective on how the Auburn fans felt about Saban hanging it up. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network covering your team every day. All right, we dive right into it as we have the latest on Nick Saban sitting down with ESPN yesterday. Uh, early in the afternoon, Chris Lowe uh, of ESPN.com had a conversation with Nick Saban. And later in the day, Reese Davis sat down with an on-camera interview with Nick Saban, uh, which aired on ESPN and the SEC Network. And in those uh, two pieces, Nick Saban talked about his decision to retire from coaching, said it uh, ultimately came down to age and health concerns. Saban being 72 years old, he said, last season was very difficult for me from a health standpoint. Not not necessarily having anything majorly wrong, but just being able to sustain and do the things the way I do them, the way the things I've always done them, it just got a little bit harder. So you have to decide, okay, this is sort of inevitable when you get to my age. Chris Lowe also mentioned Nick Saban uh, never considered really scaling back his hands-on approach last year. Said he kept working regularly. He said, it's the way I've always done things. You keep working right into, up until it's time to walk away. I think you get away from doing what you've always done. You're never going to be as effective. So uh, Saban, even on his first day of retirement, showed up to the Alabama offices Thursday morning uh, by like 7.20 a.m. He was there. And so uh, Nick Saban uh, said he uh, wrestled with the decision to retire uh, this was in the sit-down with Reese Davis. He said uh, it was very difficult. It's a difficult decision. He said it was hard. Saban said, I love coaching. I love the relationships with the players. The thing that made it most difficult for me, I felt like it might be the right time for me, but how will this impact the players, the coaches around me? That was the hardest part. Saban said he was going back and forth on his retirement in the meetings, in the minutes leading up to his 4 p.m. team meeting on Wednesday. He said he was still on the fence in the final minutes. Said he was on the phone, had a four o'clock meeting. It was three fifty-five, and he was on the phone with Miss Terry. He said, "I was sitting in the chair, looking at the clock, saying, you got five minutes to s- decide which speech you're going to give.'" He said, "I was actually talking to Miss Terry. It was a difficult decision because it impacts and influences the lives of so many people. Ultimately, Saban decided it's time to hang it up." Miss Terry said uh, to him that she gave him his, her support on whatever decision he made, but the end result would be inevitable. She said, I'll support you whatever you choose to do. Work hard if you choose to stay. Do it one more year, but that's the problem. When you get to my age, it's inevitable, and it's coming at some point, and I didn't want to work on a year-to-year basis. I don't think that's fair. So Nick Saban ultimately uh, talking his decision that came down to the wire on Wednesday, but walks away at 72 years old. Um, 
Greg Sankey, the SEC, issued a statement the other day saying the contributions Nick Saban has made throughout his career in college football form a legacy without comparison. His focus on excellence, support for young men on his teams, career opportunities have been achieved through consistency, dedication, and care. So uh, the commissioner from the SEC calling him the greatest of all time. Uh, Saban will be moving on from coaching. As for what's next, talking with Reese Davis, he said he's going to keep on working, helping out the Alabama staff. He said, I want to keep working. I don't want to get up and watch Netflix. I want to do something. I have some businesses. Maybe there's some other opportunities out there for me. Uh, Reese Davis smiled at him and said, I could think of one, but go ahead. Kind of hinting at maybe college game day could be in his future. Nick Saban said, well, I probably would like to do that. Somebody told me once you can't start a broadcasting career when you're 80, but I'm looking for challenges. We have businesses. We have a lot of things. And I do want to contribute to continuing to help people. So it's been some speculation. Lee Corso is nearing probably the end of his tenure with college game day. And if Corso uh, were to step away in the next year or so, maybe Nick Saban could slide right in there on the desk at college game day with Kirk Herbstreet and the crew. The question is, would he continue the tradition of putting on the mascot head? I just Can you imagine Nick Saban putting on an Auburn Tiger head to, to pick Auburn to win a game? They'll probably, that tradition will probably retire with Lake Corso. But uh, nonetheless, we now turn the page. Alabama, they have a big decision to make. Who will be their next head coach? Uh, A few things here. Alabama's roster has been granted the freedom to move on from the program. Any high school recruit in the class of 2024 can be released from their national letter of intent as long as they've not been registered or attended school yet. And any active player on the roster has a 30-day window to transfer to another program because Saban retired. That means players like Isaiah Bond, Jalen Milrow, Caden Proctor, Caleb Downs. Uh, on and on the list goes. They could transfer to another school without a penalty, but odds are many of these guys are going to stay put. 24-7 Sports uh, reported that uh, the team that they were told on Wednesday, Alabama hopes to have a head coach in place in the next 72 hours. So you guys listening to this on Friday, uh, that means a decision coming either today or you know, very early on, on Saturday, but most likely today at some point. So where are we with the candidates? Dan Lanning at Oregon. Well, he told Alabama on Thursday, I'm staying put. Mid rumors linking him to Alabama. Dan Lanning, they, uh, Oregon released a social media uh, video with him and Oregon and smoking a cigar and stuff and said, he's staying put. So Dan Lanning, take his name off the list. Uh, according to the guys at Football Scoop late uh, yesterday, they put out a list of... Um, who they think are are guys that have been reportedly interviewed. And the trio of guys who have interviewed include, or or they plan to interview, Washington coach Kalen DeBoer, Florida State coach Mike Norvell, and current Alabama OC Tommy Reese. Reese is the only uh, guy in that group without any head coaching experience. Uh, Bryce, um, John Bryce of Football Scoop, also reports that Eli Drinkwitz of Missouri and Mike Loxley of Maryland have some measure of traction in the search. Uh, Loxley's a former OC under Saban, was coached coach there at Alabama. Uh, Corner Reports has significant support from former players. So guys who played for Mike Loxley would love to see him as the Alabama head coach. So, again, worth tracking here. If I were setting my odds, I, w- I would say Mike Norvell would probably be the best of that group that they could hire. Again, maybe there's something with continuity and keeping Tommy Reese. Certainly, it's a big job he would be handed uh, if he were to slide in that role. And then Kalen DeBoer, really great, successful year at Washington, but he's never coached in the South. He'd be 
recruiting in the South for the first time and, and getting to know the landscape. So not to say he couldn't be successful, but certainly uh, you know, it would be a challenge. So we'll see where Alabama goes. Probably by the time you're listening to this, the news come out who Alabama's hired. But uh, those seem to be the favorites in the clubhouse right now with uh, Dabo Sweeney and Lane Kiffin, according to most reports, not going to happen. Neither of those guys will be the next head coach in Alabama, according to the latest reports. All right, let's get to a few other tidbits around the conference at LSU. They had a big day on Wednesday pulling Bo Davis, former defensive lineman, uh, defensive line coach at Texas, bringing him over to LSU, played for LSU in the 90s, uh, coached under Nick Saban for a while at Alabama, spent three seasons at Texas where he helped the Longhorns reach the playoff this year. Big time get for LSU. Brian Kelly says a D-line coach, Bo Davis, brings a wealth of proven success at both the pro and college level. He's an outstanding recruiter and development of players. Uh, Big, big get there for LSU and Bo Davis coming over under new defense coordinator Blake Baker. Now, according to a report yesterday, LSU also attempting to bring over Mizzou D-line coach Kevin Peoples. According to the report, uh, LSU would have him coach just the edge defenders while Bo Davis would coach the interior defensive linemen. So we'll see if LSU is able to pull that one off. Over at Ole Miss, speaking of LSU, their starting running back this past year, Logan Diggs, is heading to Ole Miss. He will fill the shoes of Quinshawn Judkins. Logan Diggs was injured a good bit this year, but ran for almost 700 yards and seven touchdowns in uh, playing most of the season. But uh, reveal on social media on Wednesday, he is heading to Oxford to play for Lane Kiffin. So big time get there. You lose Quinchon Judkins, but you get a very productive running back who played the bulk of his career at Notre Dame. And like we said, spent last year at LSU. Now he'll get to play against LSU, playing at Ole Miss. A couple other notes in South Carolina. Shane Beamer rounding out his staff, hiring James Coley, according to reports. A guy who's worked at Georgia and Florida State most recently. Spent the last three seasons at Texas A&M under Jimbo Fisher. So uh, James Coley going to come in and coach the uh, wide receivers, according to reports over there at South Carolina. He's a strong recruiter. He's been an OC. So we'll see uh, what James Coley can bring to Shane Beamer's staff. Over at Texas, Quinn Ewers announced he's coming back to Texas next year. So Quinn Ewers will officially play in the SEC next season for the Texas Longhorns. Arch Manning backing him up as the second-string guy. Over to Arkansas, wide receiver Bryce Stevens pulled his name out of the transfer portal. He had uh, 18 catches for 200 yards and a touchdown in his time there. Uh, in Fanville, so good news there for the Gators. And over at Florida, former uh, Florida O-lineman Micah Mazuka announced he is transferring to Nebraska. So good luck to him. And there you have it. That's the latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll talk with Zach Blackerby. We'll find uh, out the reaction over at Auburn. How are they feeling about the Nick Saban retirement news? You got to think they were popping bottles. Talk about that next with Zach Blackerby right here on Locked on SEC. But first, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, or it has wrapped up the regular season. We're into the playoffs now, and all the action is up there for you at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use over there at FanDuel. Live same-game parlays. Uh, you got the Parlay Hub, all of it. You can find it right there at FanDuel.com. If you're on your uh, phone or you're on your mobile device or, or um, uh, 
laptop, whatever it is, go to fanduel.com slash locked on. You want to make sure you put in that slash locked on because that's going to get you our special promo offer and uh, you can get signed up. And then once you're on there, jump over to the FanDuel app. Super easy to use. I got friends who open it up every single day when they when they get in there and they've got all the action up there for you this weekend. All the NFL playoff action right there for you on FanDuel. If you like some of the upsets, I like some of the home underdogs. The Texans are home underdogs to the Browns. The Bucks are home underdogs to the Eagles. One of those teams is going to pull off an upset. Go get in on the action over there at FanDuel. They are FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Run along here, locked on SEC, and uh, always good to catch up with our buddy Zach Blackerby. He is host of Locked On Auburn, and uh, yeah, it's funny, Zach. I've been saying the last twenty-four hours or so, you know, I said when Nick Saban retires, we're going to pay tribute. We're going to have our Alabama guys on. We're going to talk about it. We're going to look back on the sure. years. But as I said, as soon twenty-four hour rule, as soon as that's over, we're celebrating with the other thirteen, soon to be fifteen SEC members. Because they're all celebrating, and that's where we bring you in. Because at Auburn yesterday, Zach, there was a celebration. There was a rolling of Tumor's Corner. W- initial reaction from the Auburn perspective when Nick Saban announces he is retiring. Relief, Gordy. It's over. He can't hurt us anymore. And right when Hugh Freeze is finally kind of building Auburn up where they can go and win these recruiting battles against Alabama, the fact that it gets even easier now with Nick Saban leaving, I'm sure whoever they bring in is going to have all the resources to be successful. Sure. But no matter who they hire, it's not going to be Nick Saban, and they're not going to be as good as Nick Saban. And then the news that happened a few hours after that, Ryan Williams, one of the most coveted recruits in the history of this state, decommits from Alabama. And, of course, everybody's pointing Uh, Auburn's direction with him. It was a celebration. That's why folks were rolling Tumor's Corner as if Auburn just won some sort of uh, award or event. It was big. It was big. Relief, though. That's what it felt like. (laughs) And for Alabama fans out there who may be be thinking, uh, hey, we're not going anywhere. Whoever we hire, we're hoping sustains the success and all that. The problem problem is... No matter who they hire. You're going somewhere. Yeah. They're going somewhere, Gordon. No matter <laughs> No matter who I'm they sorry. hire is not Nick Saban. And that's worth celebrating. <laughs> and that's and again, like that's the bit been the biggest thing for everybody across the SEC is he has been the biggest roadblock in the way of everyone else's success. I, I said this on yesterday's show, Zach. The the yeah. mid the mid to late two thousands in the SEC were awesome because it was like everybody was taking a turn. You had, you know, LSU won a championship with Saban in 04, and then you get into the Urban Meyer era at Florida. They win a couple. Sandwiched in between, sure. LSU wins another one in 07. Then in 09, Bama breaks through. Saban wins his first one at, at Bama. You're like, oh, awesome. Then Cam Newton comes along in Auburn. And you're like, everybody's yeah. taking a turn. But then right after that, it went Bama, 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 Bama. And it was like, wait a minute. This was more fun when everybody was taking a turn here. And you look at it like 2012, LSU beats Alabama, Les Miles then has to play him again in the championship. If Saban's not at Bama, Les Miles and LSU probably have another championship. Auburn's probably right. got another one in there in, the, in this stretch. Um, you know, who knows? Like, the roadblock that Saban's been standing in front of everybody else in the SEC, you know, more people could have been eating, Zach, and, and, and putting up titles. No question about it. I mean, like you said, LSU wins the game of the century or whatever year that was at 11, and yep. then Alabama wins the rematch. 
Similar thing with Auburn in 17. Auburn finds a way to beat Alabama after beating Georgia a few weeks prior, beating two number one teams in a span of two weeks. And then those are still the two teams that are, you know, playing the national championship. And, of course, Nick Saban won that one. That's kind of two attack of Iloa's coming out party. So, I mean, it's, it's even, it's like when you get them, they still always had the last word, and that's done. I, I, I can't imagine it happens to that level of consistency. I still think, you know, Alabama's certainly, uh, I mean, they're going to be the top program until somebody knocks them off. But I do think it becomes easier to knock them off now. I, I don't think there's any question about it and look whoever gets this job they are walking into probably Alabama's toughest schedule in a while Gordy you may have those numbers better uh more on hand than me but I mean it's not like it's just going to be a cakewalk because they're going to be able to keep all of this talent on the roster yeah it's the road the road gets tougher and um you know, there's no doubt. And, and so, you know, for Alabama, you know, and everybody else's schedule changes too. You know, I talked about this with in the past with, uh, with Ole Miss. You know, their schedule obviously gets a lot easier with uh, they don't have to play Bama next year for the first time in forever. They don't get – they don't have to play Texas. They don't have to play Texas A&M. So, like, you know, and, and then keep in mind uh, Ole Miss's toughest non-conference slate, that their toughest game non-conference is at uh, Wake Forest, I believe. So they have a cakewalk. Uh, and then the, why do they keep traveling to all these non-cons? Why do they go to Tulane? <laughs> why are they going to Wake? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's a little weird, but but nonetheless, um, well, because I think they the rule is you just have to play one, you know, a team from a Power Five conference. So maybe that's the only way they can get these teams to agree come to our house. But um, point being, weird. the playoff expands this year, Zach. So ten and two gets you in. Um, LA, yeah. Alabama's schedule next year, they have to go to Camp Randall to play Wisconsin in week three. That's tough. You get Georgia, but you get them at home. Uh, South Carolina at home. Road trips at Tennessee, at LSU, at Oklahoma. Uh, home games against Auburn and Missouri and, you know, in South Carolina. So it's, it's not the easiest of schedules. But, again, 10-2 and two probably gets you in. It probably does. It probably does. And will this team go 10-2 and two next year? I would say yes. I think they go 10-2 and two or better. But does it show kind of, um, you know, kind of a, a chink in the armor if they lose early, you know, on the road at Camp Randall, like you said, against Wisconsin or something like that? So whoever they come in, is it going to be instant? Is it going to be something that takes time for their, you know, their their type of scheme and all of that and culture that they're trying to build or maintain? Um I just got a feeling whoever they try to bring in, to some extent, I mean, there's already going to be so much pressure on them. But there's just no way they're going to be able to recruit at the level that Nick Saban did. I I just refuse to believe it. And the fact that now he's having to, I mean, Hugh Freeze is a factor in this. I mean, the fact that, Auburn has somebody who actually cares and is putting a ton of effort into recruiting and winning these top guys in this state. I mean, it's, it impacts that Alabama job. I don't think there's any question about it. We threw out there earlier the guys at Football Scoop kind of had some of their finalists. And, uh, again, depending on when yeah. you guys are watching this, I mean, but if you're watching this by Friday, the hires have already been made. So, um, tr- you know, to take it with a grain of salt. But uh, they kind of list Kalen DeBoer from Washington, Mike Norvell, and Tommy Reese as kind of the, the top candidates that have interviewed already. And they also put in Mike Loxley from Maryland and Eli Drinkwitz from Missouri. 
Um, DeBoer is interesting because he just had a great year at Washington, but you look at his track record, a guy's never been to the South ever. Like, it's all been northern coaching jobs. You know, somebody said if he walks into high school in Atlanta tomorrow, do recruits even know who he is? Like, that mm. that's a tough sell. Reese is a little bit tough, too. We've all, we've all heard Notre Dame rising star and all this, but the in-house hire, is that really who ba- where Bama goes? Like, you go with the guy in-house? It's almost like A&M when they went and got Elko. I know he went to Duke and proved himself as a head coach, yeah. but, like, it was like, that's the guy you got rid of Jimbo for? But Norvell, to me, that's that's got to be the A-plus candidate right now because he's got a track record, just went 13-0. He's recruited well. He's he's won at, what, it was Memphis and then Florida State. Like, he's... The guy's got the best resume, I guess, of all these candidates that seem to be finalists. Yeah. The the only two that really surprised me is the, the Tommy Reese one when, for the reasons you just said. And then Mike Loxley of Maryland. I was given that name by a by a pretty pretty big booster the the night of Saban announcing his retirement. And I was shocked. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, Yeah, the you know, the folks at Bama like him. I'm like, interesting. Interesting. So um, hey, he beat out. He beat Auburn in the uh, in, in the Music City Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's um, maybe the joke is on Auburn. They bring in Hugh Freeze because he can beat Nick Saban. But then they're like, no, 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 we're going to bring in Loxley because he can beat Hugh Freeze. Yeah, the, the other ones, Dan Lanning, of course, we mentioned he he turned them down yesterday. Yeah, the, the, another name down. that keeps popping up, Glenn Schumann, the co DC at Georgia. That's a guy. He's never been a head coach before. But he was an assistant. He went to Alabama. He was an assistant at Alabama. And he's an, been an assistant at Georgia. And uh, a decade plus of coaching, the only two places he's been is Alabama and Georgia. I mean, it doesn't get any better yeah. than that experience and learning from Kirby and Saban. So, you know, again, would be taking a leap of faith. But that's uh, the guy's track record is pretty good. I just don't think you can take on the reins of a place like Alabama without knowing what it's like to walk in the shoes of a head coach. I, I think it matters. And it's such a it's a, it's a huge job. I mean, you can make the argument it's the it's the biggest job in college football. It's also it's the job with the most pressure following Nick Saban. I don't think there's any question about it. And I don't know if you want to give that to somebody who hasn't been a head coach before, Gordy. That's just how I see it. He's Zach Blackerby. Uh, hold it right there, Zach, because I do have some Auburn questions yeah. we're going to get to you, you with in just a second. More here on Locked on SEC. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. First, this episode presented to you by our friends over at Game Time. Look, you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way for you to buy tickets to all your favorite sporting events. They got killer last-minute deals. They got all-in prices. No hidden fees. It'll just show you here's your all-in price. Views from your seat. That's my favorite. You get to see what your view looks like, and you get to switch around. All right, where? what's the best angle of the field? Where are we too high up? Are we low? Whatever. And they got their best price guarantee. All of that is part of game time, and they take the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Again, like I said, you see the view from your seat. I did this a few weeks ago for an NFL game. It was super easy to use. The view actually looked a little bit better in person than it did on the app, but it's going to show you exactly the view of where you're sitting. And again, buy tickets in seconds with two taps on the Game Time app. You've got your tickets. You're ready to go. So go take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account. Use our code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem our code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
And we continue on with our buddy Zach Blackerby here on Locked On SEC. And Zach, a uh, couple questions I wanted to hit you with because I haven't talked to you in a while, man. It was an interesting year at Auburn. My goodness, 4th sure. and 31 will always uh, stick in our nightmares uh, for, for Auburn fans. Why, why are we doing that? Um, why, why are we doing that? And the bowl game was, was less than inspiring, but I wanted to go back a little yeah. bit to Hugh Freeze. His comments leading up to bowl prep were very complimentary of Peyton Thorne. Oh, Peyton is our guy. You know, did you yeah. guys see how much he improved as the year went along? Oh, he's our guy. After the bowl loss, we heard a different tune. Hugh Freeze saying, yeah, this is wide open competition. Uh, nothing's guaranteed. Uh, Auburn, though, going into the Springs Act has not added another quarterback through the portal. So they still seem to be all in on Peyton Thorne. But where are we on, a, on the quarterback spot heading into 2024 at Auburn? I believe it's a wide open battle. Um, I, I think Peyton Thorne is probably the favorite. I don't think there's any question about that, but I do think they're going to give a legitimate shot to Holden Gurner, who's now, this will be his third season at Auburn. And then Hank Brown, the the true freshman that came in at the end of the Music City Bowl and was absolute nails. I mean, the the guy by far looked like the best quarterback in that game. Only got two drives, but he was incredible. He was incredible. So I, I think it's going to be a three-man race between those guys. Hey, and there's a chance. Walker White, the four-star coming in, he's already on campus. Hugh Freeze loves this kid. Um, Auburn already loves this kid because of so much. Uh, he's done so much on the recruiting trail. So we'll see what happens with him. But I think Hugh Freeze knows that the transfer portal is important, and he, he got a lot of transfers a year ago because he had to. I mean, the roster literally fell apart. It was abysmal. He wants to build this thing through high school, and I think that includes the quarterback position. I also think the the price for these players in regards to NIL is dramatically inflated when you add guys via the portal. It's like you're buying a rental. It's like, okay, it's nice, it's convenient, but it's going to cost a little bit more. And from a value standpoint, I don't know if there was a guy in the portal that plays quarterback that made sense to pay what their asking price was. Sure, they may have been better than Peyton Thorne, but for the price that some of these guys were asking for, were they better than Peyton Thorne at that value? And to me, I, I say no. I know some people really get frustrated at that. And look, I get it. it's not my money, it's not your money, but it, I mean, you and I, uh, you and I both cover uh, MLB teams. Like it's almost like it's a, it's an MLB salary cap. Like you don't right. really know what the cap is, but it's not unlimited, Gordy. And, and I think it's similar to NIL. So I don't think Q Freeze wants to rely on the transfer portal. I really think he wants to build it from the high school ranks. Well, that said, too, I mean, look, he's in this for the long haul. I don't think anybody's expecting Auburn to be a, a championship contender in year two, though some things could go well. I mean, Saban's gone, so who knows? But, um, sure. I mean, would it behoove them more to start one of the young guys? I mean, Walker White, how quickly can he settle in and at least compete for the job? Because, you know, it, or are you just spinning your wheels going with Peyton Thorne? Like, in other words, lay, if we're laying the foundation for year three, year four, wouldn't it make sense to play as many young guys as possible? I think you're going to see that at most positions, Gordy. Obviously, receiver is going to be huge. Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson, those guys are just different. And certainly, we'll see if Ryan Williams becomes part of this freeze five that they keep pumping up. I absolutely love the branding of that. So, you're going to see a bunch of guys play at receiver. They brought in two guys that I think will probably be starters on the offensive line in 2025. So, uh, maybe as redshirt freshmen a year from now. On the defensive line, 
There was a mass exodus on the defensive front. Some of it was guys running out of eligibility. A lot of those were transfers that you brought in last December that were one-year guys. And then, you know, you had guys like Marcus Harris declare for the NFL draft as well as Justin Rogers, um, who, who announced publicly yesterday. So they've got a great defensive line class. They've got a great linebackers class. They've got a lot of talented corners and safeties coming in too. I think a lot of those guys play, Gordy. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains, but a lot of talent on the field. Auburn had one of the best recruiting classes in all of college football. They're going to use them. They're going to use them early, and I think that was part of the sales pitch with getting some of these guys on campus too. Is hey, if you come here, they're going to you're going to have the chance to play pretty early. I don't know if it happens at quarterback. Um, personally, I, I'm in the Hank Brown camp right now. I think you got to give Hank Brown as many reps as possible to see what you got with him. I love uh, Eugene Asante coming back to the hard hitter. Uh, that that will help that defense. Uh, let's hit on sure. two, two things real quick on the, on the coordinators. Obviously, parting ways with Philip Montgomery. Hugh Freeze makes it known that he's going to take over play calling duties. I guess they'll still hire at OC, but kind of understood that guy will not be calling the plays. It'll be Hugh. And then the Ron Roberts heading to Florida. That was a little bit of a shocker to some of us. He had a really good defense this year at Auburn and yeah. uh, jumped ship. So who are some guys to – I mean, some internal candidates, but – who, uh, who could we be looking at to be the next D.C. at Auburn? Yeah, uh, D.C., I think a lot of signs point towards Chris Kiffin. Yes, Lane Kiffin's brother, Chris Kiffin. He is a linebacker's coach for the Houston Texans. Obviously, the Texans play the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs. Gordy, I'm sure you'll be all over that game this weekend, but I, I think it's going to be him. If I had to guess who the next D.C. was at Auburn, I would say Chris Kiffin. Um, the Ron Roberts thing was not as big of a surprise outside or inside of Auburn as it was outside. Um, personality was a big thing halfway through the year. Um, Coach McGriff um, essentially like asked to get a different position, an off-field analyst role because he didn't like working for Ron Roberts. And so I think there were some personality issues. I think he's a very good coach. I think the respect is there. Just not a fit. Just not a fit. And it sounded like it was a similar thing with Phil Montgomery in terms of his system and Hugh Freeze's system and the way that they communicate and operate, it just didn't mesh. I think both of these coordinators are good coaches. I just don't think they were necessarily fits at Auburn. If I had to pick Auburn's next offensive coordinator, I will predict that it is Derek Nix. He is the wide receivers coach after the former. Uh, he was also a longtime um, running backs coach all at Ole Miss. He was at Ole Miss for so long. Um, I mean, he was there for the entire Hugh Freeze era at Ole Miss. These guys know each other well. They finish each other's sentences. He tried to hire uh, Derek Nix a year ago, and for whatever reason, it fell short. I think it happens this year. Those are my two predictions. My thought, why not Cadillac? I mean, if, if he's a guy who wants to be head kid, coach one day, right, like keep elevating him, especially if he's not going to be calling plays, but I get it. If Nix is already on the same page with uh, with with Hugh Freeze, that's you, what you want. One more real quick. Uh, Charles Kelly. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Caddy's even on staff yeah, next that's true. year. Uh, I think that's a I think that's an interesting name for sure. One more, Charles Kelly. What's his role going to be? Because he was DC at Colorado, and I just thought, okay, well, maybe that's going to replace Ron Roberts. But he was brought in before Ron Roberts left. Yeah, I think he's going to be co DC and safeties coach when it's all said and done. I think they'll slap that co DC tag on there so they can pay him a little bit more. But um, I mean, he's one of the best recruiters in all of college football. That's what Hugh Freeze wants, and. You know, he's got Auburn ties, and it seems like Auburn fans have been wanting him to to be a part of the staff for a long time, and 
Hugh Freeze finally made it happen. So that still hasn't publicly been announced, but I've been told by several sources he's in the building and uh, he's working. So curious that Auburn hasn't announced him yet, but uh, I think they will at some point. All the latest news there from Zach Blackerby at Auburn. It, it, collectively, Zach, the, the gif of uh, Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance? That's what everybody across the SEC is saying this week in the aftermath of Nick Saban retiring. So you're telling me there's a chance. We have a chance to win the SEC next year. We will see. Uh, Zach, let everybody know where they can find your, uh, your great work. Yeah, Locked on Auburn, available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, of course, on YouTube, like you're watching this show now. And be sure to subscribe uh, also to Locked on SEC if you're not already. Chris, you do a great job. All right. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate the time as always, man. Of course, my friend. War Eagle. All right. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And, of course, uh, you can go make your second listen. You can check out Locked on Auburn with Zach, or you can head over to YouTube and check out our Locked on Sports Today podcast. It's a 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube covering all the biggest topics of the sports day with all of our national experts right here at Locked On. Uh, go check that out. Locked On Sports 24-7. Uh, Locked On Sports Today. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. Everybody have a great weekend out there. We'll be back on Monday, and uh, we will have a, a new head coach at Alabama. We probably already have one by the time you're watching this, but we'll have all that news up to date and then all the latest transfer portal news and everything coming out of the weekend. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.